You're listening to The Final Stand with Pastor John. Get started. Give me one second. Uh, as my equipment, welcome to The Final Stand. And we're going to get into the prophetic experience that I had from the Lord. A very interesting one, out of the ordinary for me. Um, to be honest, it's, it's out of ordinary and, uh, cause the subject is, um, hold on. My information, my stuff is booting up here. Go hold on. Okay. So anyways, I'm going to get into that, uh, with, I get into the narrative quickly. fact, hold on, you guys. I'm sorry, my camera was not set correctly. Okay, I should be able to pull that back in here. Okay, here we go. Going to get into the narrative right now. Okay, so um, the Lord had me a few days ago, spoke to me to go on a fast. So I went on a fast. He... He put it on my heart to pray and seek him um, about the prophetic. Um, and so I did. The interesting thing is that what he spoke to me about is a little odd to me. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm, 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 I'm not fumbling around with my words, but I, I choose my words carefully Instead of just talking, I think about what I'm saying. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a little, trying to put this in the right words, uh, how that, uh, anyways, the Lord spoke to me about China, but he spoke to me something that to me is already, seems obvious. And so I have to believe this is for Christians to pray about, because to me, this is, this is not like, um, Something that isn't obvious, okay? I, I, I'm looking for where I wrote down all the details on this, actually, because I wrote these down here. Um, some of the things here, boom, boom, okay, would be under, wow. Okay, so anyways, I think it's on my other phone. I've got two phones, actually, y'all. Um, so anyways, that's I I didn't put those, those notes together on there. But... Um, Anyway, so let me get it into what I remember. Okay, so I have a vision, and this is about China, but it's about not what you might think, like an invasion or something like that. And 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 I've had it, it, visions about that before, and they're documented here on the program from years ago. But this vision is differently, a different different vision about China. In this vision, I'm at a market in the United States of America, a farmer market. And I am aware that the prices of everything are very jacked up. And, I, and I'm aware that a lot of stuff that is being sold is not is is actually owned by China. I'm aware of this. I, I'm aware that they have they've infiltrated. Now this is this is already known to me. So this is why it was like odd that the Lord would speak to this to me about. But it was obvious that they owned land, they owned food. Okay, and and what I felt like was that in the vision, it was like, yeah, I'm in America and I'm free, but I'm a slave because America is owned by China, that they own the land, they own the food, that that they're overpricing us on everything. Uh, this is the vision that I had. And I was aware it was like, man, it was like, it was like being a, a vassal or a slave under, you know, some lord or baron. 
And um, and so I, this is a very, very, very clear uh, vision dream. And I, and I don't say dream because dreams are different. If you get into what a dream is, the Bible talks about a night vision. And a night vision and a dream are two different things. And when I do my dreams and vision classes, I would explain that. Uh, a vision is a vision, and you can tell there's a difference. So this was a vision, and it was very clear. And so I believe this is more of a intercessory thing that I should be telling those who watch this program that we need to be interceding because the enemy would really like to um, shipwreck America. This is the enemy's plan to try to do what they're already doing. Like this is, this is something that I already knew. And I'm like, well, why Lord, why did you talk to me? And uh, the thing is, is I don't think about, um, uh, yeah, I'm not like a person who's like, uh, I'm trying to think a nice way of putting this. Well, you know, what is it? Like 17 days, 17 days in my house. I haven't watched a single uh, news video or any type of video or whatsoever. It's just like, I'm not like, like a lot of people uh, that I get caught up into a lot of that stuff. So I really don't even think about China, right? I, I I've spent hours in studying like, you know, you know, Christian stuff, the Bible and different books and stuff. So just not my focus. So that, that, that vision was so clear and vivid. So I just really believe that it's, that we need to be praying. And this would, this would be for our prayer team. That is with this, those who watch us with this uh, program that you would be in prayer with us um, and, and pray. So that's, this is really just not going to be a long program, to be honest. Um, I may share a few things, but just really, uh, I'm pretty worn out. We went to, took the kids to the zoo yesterday and um, I'm tired. And I'm a grandfather. I've got three grandchildren, took two of them to the zoo yesterday. So I'm a little tired, a little worn out. Did the gym like I usually do and uh, then walked in the heat, which was in the 90s. And, uh, and uh, so a little tired, but just wanted to get this vision out there that the Lord gave to me and, um, to me, there was nothing new about this, what I already know. I already know they're buying the food. I already know they, they're buying the farms. I already know that they are taking over a much of America. I already know this. So I'm like, Lord, why did you tell me to go on this fast? And then give me that very, very vivid, clear vision. And it's because this is a priority. This is important. This is something that God wants to preface that we get into prayer for. Because, you know, we can change everything. Um, again, as, as I've taught many times, um, that the prophetic is subject to change. I do not agree with people who say that the prophetic is not. That's, that's biblically illiterate, and I'll refute anybody and do an apologetics on a program on this, and I've done it already. That's just simply bad theology. Uh, we have many examples, by the way, that you didn't know about in the Bible where prophets prophesied things. Elijah prophesied, Hezekiah, you're going to die right now. Boom, this second. He's he gets on his horse. He's going about three days out. The Lord tells him, turn around, go tell Hezekiah. He's not going to die. Wow, you really missed it, Hezekiah. He said, no, I've heard his prayers. He's repented. And it wasn't that he repented. He just asked God to spare his life. God gave him 15 more years. Wow, that's interesting. Wow. Uh, God tells Jonah, hey, Jonah, go prophesy and tell Nineveh 40 days, your toast. Not if you repent, I'm going to show you mercy, not anything like that. Just Jonah, go tell him. In 40 days, God's going to wipe out all of all of uh, Nineveh. 40 days come, what, guess what happens, boys and girls? The people repent and God relents. That's in the Bible. Do we take the book of uh, jo Jonah out of there? Because um, what Jonah prophesied did not come to pass, and there was no conditions. So we're a little we're a little uh, unstable and uh, double-minded on how we read things. You want to just say it's got to be this way. No, I would suggest you read uh, Jeremiah 18, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. I've always believed that. I call it uh, a spiritual superposition. There's always more than one more than one outcome when it comes up to the prophetic because the people of God are to intercede and to pray. Um, it's uh, Ezekiel, I think it's uh, 30. I think it's Ezekiel. Was it? Oh man, I'm, I'm no, I don't want to misquote this scripture. Give me a second, really quickly. One second. 
Ezekiel, I look for a man to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. I didn't even say anything I said at all. Oh, there it is. Okay. So it's Ezekiel um, 20 to 30. There you go. So he says, I look for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on the behalf of the land. So I would not destroy it, but I found none. Then he goes, because I didn't find anybody, I wiped out the land. So God is saying, look it. He's always looking for an intercessor. So the purpose and the intent of this program today is to call the intercessors together to pray that God will begin to, let's talk about some stuff here. We will get into some discussion here today. You know something, I'm bothered a little with my headset situation here. Hold on. Uh, I got this thing that keeps my glasses on, but it's really annoying me, people. I'm sorry. Cannot handle that. Okay, so. Let me, let me, let's get into some spiritual stuff here, y'all. Okay. Do you understand that we have got to pray and we've got to break? We got to pray. So, what do we pray? We need to be breaking alliances with China. Okay. We need to be breaking alliances with China. That's what we need to do. And, uh, that's what we need to do. We need to be breaking alliances with China. Now, we know that, uh, Joe, um, you know, um, the gentleman that is uh, staying at the White House, Joe, uh, we know that he's like made millions and millions of dollars. Uh, some people would call that a conflict of interest from China. Uh, we, we, we see that. OK, so and we see other politicians throughout uh, the last several decades that have been in political bed with China. OK, so that, you know. Uh, the question of pro agent provocateurs and loyalties and stuff like that. Those are all questions that we can ask intelligently. So when we pray, we need to break the alliances that America has with China in the spirit. Okay. What just, we don't just pray. You don't just ask God to do things, by the way. Sometimes you have to do some things called breaking things. You know that? Like you could have a soul tie with somebody. Uh, it, it could be a friend. It could be whatever. Uh, and you have to break that soul tie and because you become attached to things. I mean, it's biblical. The Bible says that that David loved Jonathan like his own soul. That's what it says. And it says that their souls were tied together. They were knitted together. That's what the Bible says. And that's that's good friendships. You can have a soul tie. The good friendship, you can have a soul tie. But you can also have bad soul ties where things connect you to people connect you to things and so what i'm talking about is for the intercessors and people who aren't intercessors we need to pray that god would break and and cut the alliances that america has with china we need to pray that because because we shouldn't be selling our land to china that's really an ignorant thing to do and so what listen china is buying our land and then they're selling our food and off of our land back to our own self. That's not good for our economy, people. And they bought lots and lots and lots of land in the United States of America. So they purchase and buy our land, grow the food, and then sell it back to us. Is that the way you build an economy, or is that a vacuum? Is that is that that's not very smart, right? We all see that, okay? So let's be praying that we break those ties. Okay, that we break those ties. You know, maybe maybe a a son or a daughter of yours is in a relationship with somebody you don't want them to be. You know what you can do? You can literally go and you can say, I break that soul tie in Jesus name. I've done it. You know what happens? Boom. Your son or daughter will no longer have feelings for that person any longer. You say, really? Absolutely. You can do that. I've done it. Seen it happen automatically. Boom. Didn't even know I did it. Next day, they're like, wow. Yeah, because because there's some it's, it's spiritual forces. So so when we're talking about praying for China, let's break those ties. Let's break those political ties. Let's break those soul ties that people have. You know, we uh, that there's a lot of uh, the what do they call it? The Confucius Institute, which you could call it the Confucian Institute and, and Confucius uh, Confucius ism, I guess what it is. Um, anyways, 
We need to be breaking those. So that's just some uh, biblical assignments, prayer warrior assignments that we need to do, that we need to stand in the gap. We need to make up the hedge and we need to pray. Amen. Um, I'm going to get into a couple other little things real briefly. Just want to say hi to people. This is a, a program that we do regularly. Thank you for you all being out there right now and bless you. Uh, um, I know I didn't come very prepared today. I apologize for that. But I've been busy, have grandchildren, have have a full-time ministry and so this is just something that I'm doing here today real briefly. Uh, probably won't even put advertisement on this video. It's, it's basically for the intercessors that follow the ministry. So uh, that's that's what we're doing right now. But just saying hi to people out there. Good to see you there, Matt. Good talking to you uh, yesterday. Lord bless you. Thank you for the dream that you shared. Johnny, good to see you out there. Lily, God bless you. Amen. Tony, God bless you as well, and good to see you all out there. Amen. So uh, let me let me do share a, a few things I'm going to share here real quickly, and I'm, I'm not going to spend much time today. Okay. But I'm going to give you a couple little things here if I can find them. Based on the one thought, I want to challenge all of you. We do, we have a, I, I meet here every single day, seven days a week for a prayer meeting and Bible study um, that we do here. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, just, uh, you know, something from a book or whatever. And then prayer intercession. We pray for uh, all the people that watch the program every single day. Uh, seven day a week prayer meeting. Isn't that interesting? At, yeah, seven day a week. You know, the Bible, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Um, so literally, that's what we do. We pray seven days a week here. And so, I, I, you know, one of the things that I, I've been sharing here, and I've shared it a lot, is if you want to keep your edge spiritually, um, and we all, I'll tell you this, uh, three things that we have to do on earth, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about real quickly, is we we got to mortify the flesh. It's going to be flesh all your life. Your flesh is never going to get saved, and your flesh's desires are never going to change. You say, really? Absolutely not. That's what the Bible teaches. See, your flesh is not saved. Your spirit is. You have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. You want to get the Bible involved in it. Okay. Um, and I could get into a lot of scriptures on that. Uh, Paul talks about that in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 12. He says that, um, he says to not make provision for the flesh and the lust thereof. And in the Greek, what it literally says, it's speaking of, and there's two other, there's another scripture like that as well. But that's the one we'll just quote for today, is that literally in the Greek, what it is saying is it's speaking in the third person, the flesh in the third person. Did you know that? It actually says that. He says, don't make provision for the flesh in the lust thereof. And it literally says in the Greek, in the, in the lust that the flesh has itself, not speaking of you. Because you're a spirit wrapped in a soul, living in a body. You're not a human having a spiritual experience, but you're a spirit having a human experience. Because God is not human, and the Bible says we're created in his image. And the Bible says that God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That's the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 48. So we are the spitting image of God, and he's a spirit. So our spirit becomes saved. And then we're to renew our mind, our will, and emotions by the word of God. And so this is where transformation happens, okay? This is where transformation happens. And so I want to talk about this transformation and, 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 and how we keep an edge spiritually and how we progress spiritually and why we can grow domin, dominant, uh, just, just uh, not dominant, that's uh, the term uh, grow stagnant in our walk with God or complacent and how this has to do with the lack of discipline because discipline equals a spiritual life. Discipline equals freedom. You know, people go to jail. Why? Because they want money, but they don't want to work. So they still see the lack of discipline equals bondage, right? That's right. See, somebody can't wait until they're married to cohabitate and they have children out of wedlock, or they're living in the sin of fornication. So a lack of discipline equals bondage. 
Discipline equals freedom. Freedom being spiritual life. See, that's why the, the Bible says that discipline is actually the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 says that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. First uh, Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 it says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. The Greek word there is a disciplined mind. And literally that's what it means. So discipline is the fruit of the Spirit. Being lazy is not spiritual. Being disciplined is so, um, and 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 reality is sometimes like you know I, I we did I did so much yesterday I didn't feel like getting up and doing the the prayer meeting this morning. We got to do that because that's how because discipline equals spirituality. Discipline equals freedom. You know that's why we have spiritual disciplines. Jesus said when you pray, not if you pray. Uh, the Bible says in the Scripture it says that you're to study Scripture. That's a spiritual discipline. And Jesus didn't say if you fast. He says when you fast. Those are spiritual disciplines, and we've discussed that. You got to maintain spiritual disciplines if you're to be a spiritual person. Because if you just live random. And you're just like some type of jellyfish just blown about or moved about by every water or wind of the flesh. You'll never accomplish or be anything. And it won't be it. And it will be because you're living random. You just think that, you know, you're just waiting for some random thing to happen. But it says in Proverbs, this is actually what it says in Proverbs. It says um, you harvest what you reap, it says you harvest what you reap, whether good or whether bad. So don't be stupid. That's what it says. And in, 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 uh, one of the translations I was reading, and I like that, it says, you harvest what you sow. Par- pardon me, not reap. You harvest what you sow. Let me fix that. You harvest what you sow, whether good or whether bad. So don't be stupid. So we are the sum total of our own choices, therefore. Oh, I know that people don't want to hear that because that's the that's the ship nobody wants to get on. It's called ownership. But it's the only one that will get you to your destiny. Isn't that truth? And uh, I love you. But let me get into a little thought here that I want to get you to is don't don't you know that if you if you that wisdom is something you can gain, but it's something you can lose. And that's right. The Bible teaches that Uh, in Daniel. It teaches that where God says wisdom is mine and strength. And also in the book of Proverbs, same quote exactly says, wisdom is mine and strength. So if wisdom is God and God's and strength, then if you have it, it's on loan. That's right. Because you have to fear the Lord to have wisdom. It's not the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning, the middle and the end of wisdom. Do I got a scripture to back that up? Yeah, I do. Proverbs 28, 28. It says this, it says, it it says, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom and understanding to depart from iniquity. So the, the, the fear of the Lord is not just the beginning of wisdom. It's the middle of wisdom and it's the end of wisdom. You always got to keep the, the fear of the Lord. So if you lose the fear of the Lord, which is something that you exercise and practice, because the Bible commands you, it says fear the Lord. So it's, it's, it's a voluntary thing. It's not spontaneous. It's a voluntary thing. Fearing the Lord is a discipline. Forgiving people is discipline. Taking up your cross daily is discipline. Okay? Resisting the devil is discipline. Okay? Paul says in 2 Corinthians, casting down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into obedience he says, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. See, that's discipline. So spirituality, okay, how does it happen? Discipline equals spirituality. That's right. It's not just some ethereal thing. You've got to make choices. You've got to do stuff, okay? And so it's, 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 that's a reality. We, we're, we're so fickle in, in America and other countries that we want silver bullets, you know, we're impressed when somebody tells us we can make a lot of money really quickly. You know, Proverbs says, uh, it says this, it says, don't be surprised if you make money quickly that you don't lose it all. You know, it says that in Proverbs. So, you know, listen, we, we, silver bullets, don't get involved. Listen, silver bullets, shortcuts, don't get involved with that, you know. You know, I go to the gym, I, I exercise, I eat well. Let me tell you something. Good health isn't an accident, 
People are waiting for a random miracle or a random breakthrough. Listen, no. Listen to what Solomon said. You harvest what you sow, whether good or bad. So don't be stupid. See, that's a reality. Okay, that's a wisdom tip for you today. But let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 2. Uh, chapter chapter 1, wait a second, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12, 13, 14, and 15. And I want you to see something that's very important here in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12, 13, 14, and 15. He uses the word remember three times. That's very interesting. So God's trying to uh, get a, a point home to us. And let's look at this. And this is in conjuncture to wisdom. Wherefore, I will not, uh, he said, wherefore, I will not be uh, negligent. Therefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. There's that word remembrance. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you into remembrance of these things, though you knew them. And be established in these presence truth. So he says, look it. I want to do my job to make sure though you knew this truth before. So look, he said, you knew this before. You were taught this truth before. See, we are so fickle that once we think we know something, we don't want to think about it or hear it again. Because we're like, well, that bores me. I've already read that scripture. Well, guess what? Buttercup. You're going to be, there's no new Bible. And, and, and wisdom can be gained and it can be lost. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2 says this, don't let the things that you've heard slip. He says, he says this, in fact, actually, he says this, he said, he says, this is what he says. He says, pay attention, take heed is what he says. It's he, Chapter, this is Hebrews chapter 2 now. I'm quoting, and I'll go back to this. Uh, verse 2, he said, pay attention, take heed, because it literally says take heed, but if you look that up in the Greek, it's pay attention. So let's make it, let, let's let's put the cookies on the lower shelf where the kitties can get them, because to mystify, we don't want to mystify. Mystify is, is to make something complex or convoluted or hard to understand. Wisdom doesn't mystify people. It simplifies. So I want you to understand what I'm saying. So listen, he says, pay attention to what you've learned, lest, lest you, I, let them slip. So backsliding, slip and sliding, pretty much the same thing, right? So why do you lose your edge? Because you forget what you've learned. So he tells us, don't forget what you've learned. Well, how do you not forget what you've learned? You meditate on it. You 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 give yourself to it. You 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 think about it. You read it, right? So we understand. We if we're going to be spiritual people, we got to be disciplined. We you know the word the word entertainment's never found in the Bible. Uh, it's I, I I can honestly say I think it's been like, well, what is today? Just curious, I can kind of gauge, gauge. So somewhere like 17 days, I haven't even watched a single movie, video, news, or nothing. Just sat there, turned turned it on, watched nothing like that. You know, I haven't died or anything. I haven't didn't go into convulsions or have a, a, a you know you know like anaphylactic shock or something. You know, it's humanly possible to do that, and it's not a great feat of discipline, by the way, to do that. I just got priorities. And, and and I see that so much of that stuff is a waste of time. Why waste my time with any of it? Okay, so I've spent maybe in the last two weeks or so, I probably have done what would be equated to 20 to 24 hours of maybe reading somewhere. Uh, yeah, something that's actually useful. And that may not be accurate, to, to be honest, but I mean, we are talking... A lot, a lot of reading, easily a lot of reading, clearly almost right there. Actually, we're right at that point, actually. And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking that's pretty accurate about that much, because if you're not like stuck watching movies and television and stuff like that and being entertained, which is not you never see the word entertainment in the Bible. The Bible says if you're if you're happy, sing. 
And if you're sad, pray. So, you know, if you're bored, start praying and read your Bible. Go take a walk. Go over to a friend's house. Uh, share the gospel with somebody. Entertainment is a real, real, real uh, work a tool of the devil, to be honest. It's just, it's just a waste of time. Um, if you have wisdom, you know that. So anyways, let's go back in here. Second Peter <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 12. Uh, Wherefore... I will not be uh, negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye knew them. You knew them already, but you let them slip. Or he's refreshing you because he knows that he doesn't want you to uh, let them slip. And how do we not let something slip? We pay attention to it. We keep it prominent. We make it our focus. We make it our discipline. Okay, so we've got to continue in truth for truth to transform us and change us. That's how we keep a spiritual edge. Pardon me. Verse 13. Yes, I think it meet or met or important. As long as I am in this tabernacle body. See, the body is not who you are. It's your tent or your tabernacle. To stir you up by putting you into remembrance. Well, He's repeating himself, remembrance and remembrance. And then he says, again, I got to remind you. Some people say that's redundant there or ad nauseum is the word in the Latin, just like you're saying it over and over again. But it's important to do that. OK, then in verse 14, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even our Lord Jesus Christ, he has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my deceit, my deceased to have these things in remembrance. He's, listen, you knew this before, but I want to remind you again, and I want to remind you again, and before I die, I want to make sure that you never forget and that you remember. Let me tell you something. This is really important, okay? And 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 here's a scripture now from Proverbs real quickly. And I like it in, in, in several different translations, <clears throat> Let's see if I can find it in the other one that I had it there, though. Okay. Let's see if I can find this one scripture, y'all. Give me a second here. Okay. Study or you'll forget what you've learned. Book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verses 13. Proverbs 4.13. Proverbs 4.13. And I'm going to get off here today. Just wanted to give you a little, little word. Okay, Proverbs 4.13. And like I said, I guarantee you that if you follow this program, you will walk at a new level that you have never lived at before. I guarantee you. Because, because I teach the word and the word's going to set you free. Okay, take fast hold of instruction. Don't let her go. Keep her for she is your life. So you get revelation, you get understanding, Then, but do you steward it? Do, have, have you forgotten what you knew before? Have you learned things from scriptures and you don't even know those scriptures anymore? Because listen, you, you can have your mind renewed and then your mind can become unrenewed. And so we are to be renewing our minds daily with the washing of the water of the word of God. Because the Bible is alive. I had a vision one time when I was at the gym and um, I had a vision of the word of God. And the word of God was a piece of meat, but it wasn't just a piece of meat. It was like a big, thick steak. I was on the treadmill running. And because when I go down there, I'm praying in tongues and stuff. I, I, you know, I try to make it, you know, you can pray in tongues without moving your mouth. You can kind of pray in your spirit. And I was praying in tongues and I saw this boom. And, 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 and I realized that the steak was alive. Usually when we eat steak, we don't think of the steak as being alive, right? We don't think of the steak as being alive. But you know something you can't eat. If the steak was dead, you wouldn't want to eat it. Trust me, the steak is alive. And, we don't eat dead foods because enzymes produce life. Dead things don't produce anything. So when we eat things, if they're dead, we don't eat them. So even though the animal is dead, the steak is not dead. It's still living and has enzymes in it. Okay, it still has protein in it. 
still has vitamins, nutrients, minerals in it, things that give us life. And you know that the word of God isn't a dead piece of meat, it's living, and that life produces life, and that you get bored, but you got to have discipline to study the word of God, because just like my body needs protein, nutrients, nutrients, vitamins, minerals, electrolytes, water, right? To be able to function correctly, my spiritual body also needs the word of God, okay? The word of God. Now, if a guy goes down to the gym, and I'm not a weightlifter, I, I weightlift, I do weightlift, but I'm not a weightlifter, I'm 57 years old. I don't, I'm not a weightlifter. That's kind of a stupid thing to do in a sense um, to me. You see, really, but I, I pick up weights, but I don't weightlift. Uh, this is for cardiovascular, respiratory, and, and body strength because I want to. when you do weightlift, it's good for your bones and everything else and for your health. It's good for your, your releases, endorphins, and your, and your body that help you to think clear, focus, good for your blood pressure, your, your heart. It's good for your arteries. So it's just common sense, right? But for, for me to expect for me to be in good health and sit around and, 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 and watch a television, which I haven't had one for like 15 years, sit around and watch a television, it's going to help. I get on a treadmill. I do like an hour on a treadmill. I'll, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I've taken walks and I go for hours and hours of walks. And what I'm talking about is hiking in the mountains. Okay, your spiritual life is the same. Okay, it's uh, an anal- what is it analogous with that? That's a good term for that analogous. Okay, it's it's similar to that. Your spiritual life. Okay, your spiritual life is very much the same. You've got to feed yourself. Okay, and and you can listen. You do, it, 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 and I'm going to tell you something. I said you know I don't see the word entertainment in the Bible. I don't. But I'm going to tell you something. You do need to take a walk. You're human. You do need to. I, I saw the sunrise here in the mountains because I live in the mountains. You know, you, you need to enjoy your life. Take a walk. Take your wife out to, to the uh, to the you know restaurant. Take your go with your husband somewhere. Uh, you need to do that. And sometimes there might be a movie or something that might be okay. Today I find it very hard and difficult to think that it's possible. But maybe there's something out there. But enjoying life, that's not a sin, and we all need to decompress and defrag. But a lot of times people try to decompress and defrag in, in ways that will enter their spiritual life. This is not a good idea, okay, because we're talking about walking with the Lord. So anyways, back to the point here it, it, from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. Take fast hold of instruction, teaching, understanding, wisdom. Take fast hold of it. Don't let it go. You know you can lose wisdom. You can lose understanding. You can lose insight. Now, a lot of times, let me tell you something. Knowledge is important because without it, you cannot have understanding. Okay? Knowledge is important because without it, you cannot have understanding. Okay? And without understanding, if if the knowledge is the word of God, if you don't have knowledge of the word of God, then you can't have understanding of the word of God. And without understanding of the word of God, you can't know what to do. See, knowledge is information. Okay. Revelation of that information is understanding. And wisdom is application of what you know. So, and we want to be wisdom people because Jesus is the word of God and he is wisdom. And we want to live in wisdom. So we do have to study scripture. Scripture is important today. Okay. So knowledge, we need knowledge. Why? Because without knowledge, we can't have understanding. There's no chance in all of the universe anywhere that someone has understanding that hasn't been preceded by knowledge first. So knowledge is necessary. Studying scriptures is a necessary thing to do. Meditation on the word of God is a necessary thing to do because you do need knowledge because without knowledge, you can't have understanding. And without understanding, you can't say, well, God doesn't want me to do this and God does, and God wants me to do this. Okay, that's understanding. 
And when when understanding is more than just just a a rudimentary rudiment thing, and it's just not just flesh level, but it penetrates the heart, then we take that understanding, and then see understanding says flee from evil. And when we flee from evil, that's called wisdom. That's called application. So these these things, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, they're all essential. They're all essential. Okay. So knowledge is important because without it, you can't have understanding. And without understanding, you can't obey the Lord and obeying the Lord is wisdom. So you have to study scripture to have your mind renewed. So it's essential. And you can lose your edge spiritually, just like anything. If you don't, if you don't watch your garden and, and pull your weeds, it, it, listen, the squirrels or the weeds will, will kill your garden. And you've got to be diligent to pay attention to it and take care of it. If, if you're going to pay attention and take care of your car, shouldn't you pay attention and take care of your wisdom? If you're going to pay attention and take care of your vegetable garden and watch out for the squirrels and the weeds, shouldn't you take care of your wisdom? If you're going to take care of your physical body, shouldn't you take care of your wisdom? Shouldn't you maintain that? Shouldn't you keep it? Because it tells us you can lose it right here. He said, take fast hold of instruction or teaching or knowledge. Let her not go. Don't forget what you've learned. Keep her, for she is your life. You know, Revelation, this, listen, understanding, understanding and knowledge are your life. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are truth. They're spirit and truth. The Bible says we're not to labor for that which is natural, but that which is eternal or supernatural. So the word of God is living and it is it is superfood and it is spiritual superfood. So we keep our edge by disciplining ourselves in our life by the study of scripture. Amen. So that's how we are spiritual. People are, are not accidentally spiritual. Just like if you eat well and you diet, you're going to be in better health. Amen. I believe in divine health and I confess over my life. In fact, I quit confessing over my life that I'm healed. I confess that I get a new brain, new lungs, new pancreas, new kidney, new spleen, new joints, new sinew, uh, new improved DNA. Uh, uh, new, <laughs> seriously, new, uh, new, new blood platelets. 100% that I get a new, that I get an overhaul. I confess that. But I also understand that wisdom in the book of Proverbs, a good translation for wisdom is common sense. Common sense. Because look, at if, some, if, you, if you read something, you get knowledge, which gives you understanding. And, 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 and it says there, look at that the wicked shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but you go ahead and live wickedly. Well, then you're, you're foolish. Right. But if you get that understanding, if you get that understanding and it, it's not just in your head, but it gets in your heart, you'll depart from evil because it says there, I didn't make it up. It says that right there in, in Job 28, 28, it get the Bible involved. He said, understanding is to depart from iniquity. See, knowledge, understanding. And then the final thing is, is when you have understanding and it's really in your heart, what will what will happen? You'll depart. So it says in Job 28, 28, the fear, he said, behold, behold, the fear of the Lord, pay attention, the fear of the Lord is wisdom and understanding to depart from iniquity. Okay, so we need that and we need to keep ourselves current in our walk with God, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, we need to keep ourselves current. So what we've learned before, we don't want to let it go. And I've learned this now. I'm 57 years old. I've learned that at times in my life, I've been I've been like a yo-yo. Sometimes I've been on fire with God, trying to be sold out to the Lord. But then I didn't have the common sense, what is one of the best definitions of wisdom, common sense. 
Because if you know to do what's good and you don't do it, you don't have much common sense, right? That's right. If you know what's going to benefit you, but you don't do it, you don't have much common sense. So wisdom is to have common sense. So does it make sense that the Bible says that above everything you can get, more important than gold and silver, it says wisdom is the greatest asset that you could ever have. Does it make sense that you would try to keep it? Would it make sense that you would try to honor it? Would it make sense that you would try to maintain it? Would it make sense that you would not try to lose it? I think it would. So we have got to be practical if we're going to have wisdom. It's not going to come about in some ethereal, mystical way. It's going to come about in a way that wisdom is very tangible. It's very practical. Okay. You're going to have to actually have some discipline in your life. Okay. And so we uh, telling you discipline equals what? And Proverbs talks about it. The Bible, the book of Proverbs talks about disciplining yourself, talks about disciplining your thought in the books of, book of Proverbs, talks about disciplining your appetite in the book of uh, Proverbs, it talks about disciplining your temper in the book of Proverbs. It says a person that has no, di- uh, no discipline, they're like a city that doesn't have any walls. See, discipline equals freedom. Discipline equals spirituality. Okay, so we're talking about the the necessity. We're talking about the necessity of the word of God in our life and the study and meditation of it as a, a practice discipline, as a spiritual discipline so that we are refreshed, renewed, vibrant, have a spiritual edge about us. We're moving forward with God. We're keeping ground. We're not losing ground. Amen. It's because that's what we want to do. Amen. So that's how we do it. So read the Bible every day. That's Pastor John telling you, read your Bible every day, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what I get, a, I get on and I do my, uh, like an hour on the, on the, I do one hour, one hour on the treadmill. Um, and I tell you this, and I'm 57 years old, and the young whippersnappers, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen will get on there, and then they'll get off. And they'll look over, and they'll look at that clock, and they'll be like shaking their head like this guy is like, that's an hour straight. And I, I put it on. I put that thing at, at, at a point. I put it at, at 150 tilt. That the high, you know, it's like like when it's like this, and I put it on, and I'm running. Listen, but I'm listening to the word of God the whole time. The whole time, listening, praying in the spirit the whole time. And and I'll be listening to scriptures while I'm doing that. I, I, I'm listening to the book of Proverbs a lot when I'm when I'm running. And I'll be listening to the book of Proverbs and running and listening to the book of Proverbs. I go in there and I do that. Sometimes I work out to two hours. And um, because I've got grandchildren, I get out of the house and I work out for two hours. I couldn't tell you. I don't I, I couldn't tell you almost anything that's going on in there. Other than Jesus, I'm, 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 I ask the Holy Spirit to come and save people. I'm like, Father God, I pray quietly. Sometimes I, I, I pray out loud a little. I, I don't even care. I'm like, Father God, but I don't, you know, you don't make a scene. But people have all got headsets like me on there anyways. And I just pray, Father God, I ask that the Holy Spirit would fill this gym. I pray for people to get born again as I'm weightlifting. I pray that people will get born again. I, I just cast out every demon out of this place in Jesus' name. I release the Holy Spirit here. Angels of God, go forth and convict these people of sin and righteousness and judgment to come in the name of Jesus. I bind every familiar spirit, every spirit of witchcraft. I bind every spirit of unbelief. Cast it out of this place in the name of Jesus, and I ask that your kingdom would come. And I'm praying in the spirit as I, I, that's what I do. And I'm praying in tongues and I'm weightlifting and I'm running. That's what I do. Amen. Because you got to get the word of God in you. Because if I try to get the word of God at home, sometimes they've got two grandchildren, one's two and a half and the other one's like 10 months younger than that. And they can make a lot of noise. So you got to make you listen, life is, you got to have a plan then you got to work the plan. If you don't have a plan, then you're planning to fail. So I'm just telling you, make sure that you make time to pray and read your Bible, no matter what. You got to do it. If it means you got to go to a gym to do it, then go do it there. I pray here as well. We have a men's Bible study and prayer meeting in the morning. And I get, and it's early before anybody gets up. 
but that that's corporate, but I need personal, right? You have corporate prayer. You got personal prayer. You got corporate study. You got personal study. Amen. You can't live off a corporate anointing, by the way. You can't live off corporate prayer. I just felt led of the Holy Spirit to say this. I just heard the Holy Spirit speak this, to be honest. Just say what exactly. I heard the Holy Spirit say you cannot live off a corporate anointing. You can't live off corporate prayer or corporate Bible study. Do you know that? You cannot live off a corporate anointing, corporate prayer, or corporate Bible study with God. I remember that Hindu brother that died. He's not a Christian. He's born again now. And, and he died, and he went before the Lord, and God talked to him. And, and he's like, well, he didn't know what church to go to. And the Lord told him, it's not important what church. Or he says, what church should I go to? He says, that's not important. He said, what's important? Christian, he met Jesus. What's, what's important is that you are honest, sincere, and have a relationship with me daily, not where you go to church on Sunday. That's what the Lord told him. That's not important where you go to church on Sunday. He said, what's important? That you're honest and sincere and that you have a relationship with me daily. When did It's a relationship with God. Yes, you should fellowship with other people. But what's important is that you walk daily with the Lord. And so that's what this program's about. We want to help you to have tools to do that. Because when did uh, re- when did Christianity become a religion that is is focused on many other things but the, the person Christ Jesus? Spirit doesn't come and speak of me, and he doesn't come speak of you. He might he might tell uh, me to listen to you or to call you or whatever, but he, he it's not lifting us up, right? The Holy Spirit's come to talk about Jesus and the Father. Okay, so we need to focus on Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to do that. God bless you. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you for watching and following the program. And we do appreciate your support. This is a 5013 ministry, and it is it's all made possible by you. Amen. And, and God bless you so much. So good to see you out there. And we're going to call it a day for the show. And uh, uh, hope you've been built up. Please do like the videos as you like them. It, it helps us to get through the algorithms and to get out there. And uh, stay tuned to, for other programs as well. And keep us in prayer. We pray for you every single day. I pray that you would pray for this ministry as well. And uh, if the Lord puts it on your heart to give, we appreciate that as well. You could look in the description area for all that information. God bless you. Shalom.